Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Pints and Perspectives, a podcast hosted by Wellhouse Church, where we believe that there's a plethora of theological perspectives and plenty of beer to go around. Yo, 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 it's your boys. We're back again. What? It is 2023. Y'all, I'm still working on it. Brilliant. Kevin hated that. No, Hi. Kevin's laughing right Hi, now. Hi, Mr. Ware. Um, what are we doing? Uh, it's Pines and Perspectives. Hey, welcome. Hey, look, 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 real quick. I forgot about this on the last episode, but uh, it should be stated every time because y'all be trifling. Why have you not liked, subscribed, and shared? Come on, y'all. Come on. We're trying to get rich and famous out here in these YouTube streets. <laughs> and if you're not watching this on YouTube, get there as well. Look, just set it. Grab that phone at lunch just or not even at lunch like when you're like actually working go on down to the wellhouse channel put on the little pints and perspectives podcast turn the volume all the way down if you want to i know you don't want to listen to me i'm this is dumb and so just you know set it on off to the side and have it playing because we need them watch hours all right make sure you like it and subscribe to it hit that bell ding 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 smash the button also oh uh this is a church podcast. We are not getting rich and famous. <laughs> we are trying to get your money We're trying to so make, that we can help people in the name of Jesus. We're trying to make the name of Jesus famous. That's right. That's right. So uh, thank you for your support. Uh, you can also give at the link if you would like. Uh, okay. Let's talk about some beer Burr. before we talk about these perspectives. <laughs> see what you did there look i have there are a few beers in my life that since when i first started drinking beer way back in the day i'm an old man y'all know um there's a cup there's a few beer beers that like are, are like they have a there's a there's just a place in my heart like I just love them. They feel like they feel like home. It's like Bluebell. It's like a Bluebell commercial. You better it, stop. It's like a Bluebell commercial. You better stop. You know, pick a different metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Grandma's house. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Give me the listeria back and put the real sugar back in it. Man, I love Bluebell. Are you talking trash about Bluebell oh, Creamery after the listeria? Oh stri- my after, god! No, stop. After the listeria, I stuff, thought you were from Texas. I am. After the listeria, listeria situation, and they shut down. When they came back, they had changed the recipes and they took trying real to say, sugar trying out. Trying to protect your life. Nah. Trying to put pro- the listeria. All back right. In. Anyways, sorry for that rant that I started. Um, St. Arnold's Springbok. It is a it's grandma's uh, house. That's grandma's house for me, man. And it's seasonal. You can only get it for three months out of the year. It's uh, spring. It, it, well, yeah, it's like January, February, March. Yeah. Well, it's because all of their seasonals come out about two months early than when a they probably early. should. Yeah. You know, they're just hyping you up for the season. Um, but yeah, this is one of their uh, like beers that I used to drink way back in the day. Uh, the logo, the the labeling has changed significantly, um, but it just it is an incredible Bach. So think like uh, the, Shiner Bach, yeah, which is the one most people are most familiar with. Uh, but I like all Bachs, like the style of Bach. Ziegenbach <laughs> is another one. I actually love Ziegenbach. Uh, yep. So anyways, Crawford Bach, if Crawford you're around Bach. Houston, yeah, that one's Houston real Bach. sweet though. 
I, I love it. I, I kind of love it. So this one has a lot of malt in it too. Yeah. Um, but that's uh, also why that one's not my favorite. It's seasonal and tis the season, and I'm all about it. And I had like two. I had twelve of them in my fridge. So I was like, <laughs> I'm gonna bring one. Um, but so I have a story with this beer, and I'm gonna tell on myself for a little bit. The only time I ever like really, really, really like. Um, <clears throat> Okay, here, here caveat. Do not drink and drive. Drinking and driving is not funny. You shouldn't do it. It's dangerous. People die all the time, every day. Um, one time I was at a party, and I had started drinking Springbok, and I was like, man, I really like this beer. So I'd gotten a six-pack. I was young, stupid. So I'd gotten a six-pack of it. And in those days, you could only get it in glass bottles. So it's like this big uh, six-pack. Yeah, cans are like a newer thing. Um, And so anyways, went to this party, and I drank one. I was like, man, this tastes so good. And I drank another one. I was like, man, this tastes so good. I drank the entire six-pack. And I was doo-doo-faced, okay, sideways. And I started driving. But see, it was like one of those situations where it hadn't hit me yet. I was young and stupid. So I'm going down the road, this back road, and I'm like, oh, I'm like drunk, drunk. I was like, but I can't go home because my mother will kill me. Um, I, I got to find Krista. So Krista was at work. And at that time, she was a cocktail waitress at Maggiano's on Post Oak. And I was like, I'm not far. I'm just going to go to Maggiano's. And I'm going to park there and go inside and get some bread and oil and just like sober up, right? I should have not. I should not have driven. I was just thinking to say you are talking about driving no, while it, you need to a place. I know. Too sober. I know. Up. It was. It, don't do that. That's the bad part. Um, so I. But I did that, and so I showed up there, drunk off Springbok, just like hammered off Springbok, and I walk in, and Chris is like, "What is wrong with you? I'm at her place of work. It was some of the worst choices I've ever made in my life." And I don't know why I just chose to tell you, you that. You were looking story. for safety. Yeah. And so I did. So I sat there and she, I, I ate bread and sobered up. And yeah. And like I sat there for a few hours. It's stupid. But uh, that's, I will, you know, it's grandma's house. Uh, yeah. It's a nostalgic memory for you. <laughs> that's your, for uh, sure. that's your story for, uh, of the day. There you go. Okay. So I have a beer from Shiner. Uh, shout out Shiner, Texas, the Spotsville Brewery. Um, this is the name of the beer is actually the twin dream double IPA. That's the Tex X. Well, okay. So I saw this and this piqued my, you saw it on a billboard. Nope. They're doing a big ad campaign for it right now. Nope. I know. Uh, it started last year. Oh, okay. Okay. Tex X is actually a line of three or four different IPAs. Oh, Let me see. what? It is... Um, they launched in February of 2022. It was a, a, a okay. an initial launch. It's an IPA series. Uh, three beers. Um, and what it all was based on was people wanted more IPAs from Shiner. That was literally all it was. <laughs> That's funny. And right. so they made this line called the Tex-Hex. So do they do the same IPAs every year, or is it a different beer each year? Yeah, it's a great question. I don't know, because this article is from 2022, and it was just the initial ones. Um, and so, yeah, they must be different ones, because this is Baja Brew 
and this is a twin dream Brujas brew. Um, but they must be a little bit different because when I first saw it, I saw the Tex Hex. Yeah. And it was on a different brew that I've already had. Aha. Uh-huh. And I'm pretty sure I did on this podcast when Clayton was still the co-host. Interesting. And so this drew my attention. I was like, oh, wait, I've already had that. And then I took a second look. But and no, I was like, haven't. I have not. So this is from the Tex-Hex IPA line from the Spotsil Brewery in Shiner, Texas. It's the Twin Dream Double IPA. It's 80 IBUs. Oh, wow. Oh, I'm in love. Uh, oh, Idaho and Citra hops. Okay. Oh, and cactus water. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's the gimmick. Uh, there th- it yeah, is. Yeah, it's always got to have These brewers always got to do something extra. Yeah, and it's 9.5 ABV. Wow. All right. Get turned. Uh, no, it's a Thursday night. 9.5%. Let's we'll see. Cheers. Cheers. <clears throat> That's a good beer, I tell you what. <clears throat> Malty, smooth, sweet, a little bit of bite, <clears throat> a little bit of bitter, like cake, like vanilla, bluebell, ice cream at grandma's house without listeria. Amen. Uh oh, rating. Uh because I am ridiculous, it's gonna get a nine point five. <clears throat> That's the memory. <laughs> uh, I'm struggling with this beer. A little oh, bit. he's disappointed. I'm not disappointed at all. I think it's quite good. Well, let me rephrase. I think it's quite good. I'm not convinced. Well, I'm a little suspect about it. Okay. And that's it's, why I hesitated. It's the freaking cactus water, bro. No. <laughs> I think that you said it. That's the gimmick. This beer tastes awfully similar to the St. Arnold's Double Down. Okay, okay, okay. Interesting. I don't think it's 100% there, and maybe that's the cactus water that's making that difference. Maybe they did change the hops a little bit, but it tastes a lot like the Double Down. Oh, so you think there's like a like a like a trademark infringement situation happening? Like they stole no, it? No, no. Like it's some pirated beer drama? No, because oh. there's plenty of case law about creativity uh, that makes space for that. But I will say it tastes awfully similar. Interesting. If you want to know what it tastes like, it tastes a lot like the St. Arnold's Double Down, which I have reviewed on this podcast when Clayton was here, and I gave it like a nine something. Is is the Double Down? Does it have cactus water in it? No, the double down is a double version, uh, a double brewed version of the same recipe of the um, it's going the juicy. Down for real. Oh, uh, IPA, the juicy IPA. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I've had that. I've had that. I've had that. Okay. Well, there there's some go. a little bit different. So, what's its rating then? I don't know. There's something intuitively. I can't. I can't put my finger on it. But there's mm. something I just treachery. I think it's like an eight six. Oh, eight. It's, that's still a hollaback kind of rating. That is nice. Uh, it is good. It it had every bit of the making to be in the nines, but okay. It my intuition is telling me something's a little off. Um, it is cool can art. I'll give him that. Uh, also, look, Shiner, much love. Y'all ain't got to do the most. 
They always do the most if, on everything except if, the Bach. If you were just, dude, Shiner Bach is great. You don't need prickly pear light. Ayo, and <laughs> you can keep that ruby red bird. Yeah, kick rocks. Uh, okay, so let's have a conversation about this weird construct that we call evil. And I asked, I posed this question to Adam mm-hmm. uh, off camera. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's a helpful way to picture this metaphor that I'm trying to work within. Is I said, okay, Adam, if we were going to have this conversation, we were going to have a conversation about the problem of evil from different perspectives. What do you think the most important, or what do you think, what perspective should we hear from first? The perspective of the victim, the perspective of the defendant, or the perspective of the prosecutor? And what did you say? The one who caused the harm. Yes, that is what I said. And so, in that metaphor, God is the prosecutor. God's the one that represents the state, also the judge. I've, I've used this metaphor in uh, understandings uh, when we have conversations yeah, we, about Job. Oh, yeah, Job. Um, was, yeah. Uh, Satan is the defendant, or you might also say defendant's attorney. Um, and we are the victim. Okay, okay. And so that's how we're going to look at it. And I asked Adam, and he said, the one who caused the harm. So episode number one is Satan. We're always talking about Satan on this podcast. Adam, why do you think it's important to hear from the one who caused the harm first? Well, got to figure out, I mean, because i th- I think the reason why this question leads to a disbelief in God's existence is because who is the cause of evil or who what is the cause of evil um <clears throat> if if it's a who if it's a what you know whatever uh and so that's that question creates ethical dilemmas and faith dilemmas. Um, who or what caused so and, and and you know so that's why that's why I said that the because that's what I'm most interested in I guess okay that's great um, as you sit today what who do you think caused evil yeah okay great question great question um, as I sit today. I think evil is a uh, a randomly occur is the product. I don't. I like evil is not a thing. Like like badness. I guess um, is these are metaphorical terms for bad things happening. Like, sorry. Okay, now I'm getting hung up on like the words. Um, yeah. Like, what is evil? Bad stuff happening. Can you ask me again? I could, uh, but you've accomplished what I was trying to get you to accomplish. Okay, so I don't know. Uh, <laughs> That's good. It's a solid question. Yeah. I, the reason I asked that question is because that is super important. I think a lot of people walk around and you have one of two things. Either God caused it or Satan caused it. When... Satan and some made up long story. Um, okay, hold on. Let me back you up. Let me back you up. 
I where I sit right now. So sorry, I, I where I sit right now is I don't. The problem is I don't believe in a god or a Satan. So the cause of it is like a nat. It's like a randomly occurring natural occurrence. So you would just chalk up all the acts of God to like climate change. Not necessarily climate change. I mean, earthquakes happen because of right. tectonic plate movements. Well, okay, right? I was setting you up. You did well. <clears throat> yeah, no, I mean, it's like <laughs> all sorts of manners of suffering. Like cancer is not a... You know, like, right, um, right, 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 right. Uh, childhood cancer is... A pro- the Holocaust, like, let's use the Holocaust, right? Like, Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. What caused that? So uh, you don't think... So you don't have some kind of... Yeah, so I guess that's true. You're approaching the conversation without a presupposition that I have, which is that there is a God, there is supreme deity, there is what I call the divine. And I've kind of come up with that term because I love the Native American theology and the way they call it great spirit. Yeah. Um, And so I've just decided to kind of adopt that. It's gender neutral. Um, Yeah. So the divine, that kind of what Paul Tillich would call, you know, the ground of being, uh, if I believe in that and that being preexistent, I don't know why in the hell it's a far reach to say that something like adverse to that was also preexistent. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but see, now you've gotten yourself into a different theological conundrum. Why? Because Satan, in a Christian construct there, Satan is not equal to God and, and preexistent. Is evil, Nobody said he was equal. Okay, okay. So is is evil preexistent? Is evil eternally okay. existent? Well, and the other thing is, I didn't say Satan. Okay, okay. Was is evil is evil eternally existent? Well, so this is a great question, and this is what I was really setting it up for. <laughs> I think I would be remiss to not remind everyone of a great philosophical conundrum that's been presented to us for thousands of years, which is who let the dogs out? Nope. <laughs> If everything is good, is anything good? Okay. If everything is good, is anything good? Okay. If there's nothing so to you, compare you, goodness to. You need a yin and a yang. You need an on and an off. You well, need in some ways. Right. You need a good and a bad. Well, that's the only way you get to a construct. Okay. Is to have a point of comparison. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you, mm-hmm, you following? Mm-hmm, okay. Mm-hmm. So with that. Polarity. You are saying causation. And so, let's go to the beginning. In the beginning. Mm -hmm. When God created the heavens and the earth. There it is right there. Who? God. What was before that? This says the beginning. But also, remember, just in everything, the story is told beholden to the eye of the teller. Okay, go ahead. Anyways, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was a formless void, and darkness covered the face of the deep. Okay, Adam. (laughs) Think throughout the Bible is a common motif, light and darkness? Yes. And one to represent good and one to represent bad? Yes. Okay. And... What? Which I think has some problematic. Uh, anyways, go ahead. Uh, oh, I do not, because darkness is the absence of something. Okay, go ahead. Well, we'll come back to that. Um, what? What 
substance in this world uh, is formless and void until you give it a form. It's formless and void until you give it a form. Water. Oh, okay. Water. Water just <clears throat> runs. It just, it, it literally, gravity okay. just takes it. Right? Okay. Until you give it a form, you give it a structure, you give it a container to Got it. hold within. Yes, water. The earth was a formless void and darkness covered the face of the deep. Yes. The deep what? Water? <sighs> While a wind from God swept over the face of the waters, God said, let there be light. Uh, hey, Adam, where'd that water come from? Okay, so are you getting to the your whole deal like God happened upon the cre- creation? If if God happened upon happened. something. But the something, where'd the something? Matter is the something. But he created the matter. Did he? Did Does that tell you that whatever God started with, was nothing or does that tell you there was something so before because look so god first lights it up so is it verse part three of god then god said let there be light and there was light so god lights up so they can see what they've happened upon and god saw the light was good and god separated the light from the darkness so god made a determining like god made a decision that ended up being a motif throughout the entire story that we are beginning of light and darkness in his very first moments. And then God called the light day and the darkness he called night. And there was evening and there was morning the first day. Mm -hmm. I don't need to begin the age-old conversation about how is there a day when there's no stars because we're about to make the stars. I don't need to do that for you. Verse 6, And God said, Let there be a dome in the midst of the waters and let it separate the waters from the waters. So God made the dome and separated the waters. Masaguas. And, and there were under the dome from the waters, there was above the dome. And it was so. God called the dome sky and there was evening and there was morning dome, the dome, second dome. day. Here is the important part. Oh. And God said, let the waters under the sky be gathered together into one place and let the dry land appear. Pangea. And it was so. So of that, what did God make? Nothing. Light. Okay. A dome or mist. Okay. Of some kind, some uh, atmospheric pressure. Uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. You know, if you're going to use the it. Ozone, the ozone layer. Yeah. Um, and then land. Okay. God did not make water. Okay. Does water become a common motif throughout the biblical story? Yes. And what does it end up representing? Chaos. So that's what it is in the Old Testament. Uh, As it is ren- here. Uh, cleansing. Cleansing. Purification. Ren- renewal. We purification. get baptism. Yeah. Get, yeah. Jesus, when he's on the cross, they stab him in the side with a spear. He pours out what? Blood and water. Water. Um, water becomes this like redeeming metaphor. Okay. Much like Jesus himself. Um. <clears throat> 
So I say that to say that this is an ancient book. I don't think they're having the scientific conversations. They've not been through modernity. They don't have telescopes. There are lots of things that these people cannot know. Right. But what I think they're trying to communicate to you is that, and this is uh, affirmed in the Midrash, uh, the commentaries on the Old Testament, that there were some people that believed that God showed up, and the truth of this was that God made order out of chaos, because that's what they believed to be the deep. And if that is so, then God happened upon something that could have already been corrupted. So is the... Is that something? Is that something that already was that could have already been corrupted, where evil could have already existed? Is that thing, whatever that thing is, the uh, the uh, the formless void? Let's call it the formless void. I think. I if think God, what, when God shows up and happens upon the formless void, which may or may not contain evil, has is the formless void eternally preexistent along with God's eternal preexistence? I believe in evolution, so like I don't, I don't think that's like. Okay, so Big Bang Theory, uh, yeah, chemical, like, chemical. Uh, yeah. So who created those chemical processes that started the hydrogen and the oxygens becoming water? The divine. So God did create that process. Yeah. So he started a chemical process in the cosmos and was like chilling in sector eighty-two, but then came to sector Milky Way. And suddenly there was a planet no. that he liked. No. See, you have taken this to an extreme <laughs> that I don't think these people ever meant. Because I'm trying to understand if God is real. Well, trying to meld the biblical story with science is not going to get you there. But if your but if your response to the problem of evil is God's not the author All of I'm evil. All I'm trying to say is it's not far-fetched even in the own even in our own biblical story to say that a divine energy was preexistent. And it also can't be far-fetched to say that a energy of darkness is pre-existent every story has so, an a protagonist and an antagonist okay so this right here the antagonist is pre it, you would you would make space that it is a pre-existent i would say that's fine it, i don't have the i don't have a hang-up to say that that character is pre-existent because one will prevail and and the character of Jesus has already shown us that that so, character will be the divine. I think that's a good answer to the problem of evil in terms of causation. What is the cause of the problem of evil? What is the cause of evil? Um, if your answer is it's equal to God in terms of no. preexistence. Well, yeah, yeah. I th I don't. For me, it's not far fetched. Like I don't have the ex nihilo thing. Like I I just right. like I get that Isaiah says that, but like. There are other parts of the Bible that just don't affirm that. Um, and so for me, like, I get we've made a whole big thing about that, and I get that there are councils about it later. I, For me, it's not a big thing. I just don't read creation What's, that way. Do you, okay, do you think God was created? No. So the divine. Okay, wait. So the right. divine was not created, but there is a possibility that the divine which has always existed. We could call the divine Yahweh. If we wanted to maintain a metaphor, we would call that Yahweh. No, I understand. I'm just, I'm, you're just, I'm saying you're making space for other. Nope, not other, just one. A, 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 uh, counter to the divine. An antagonist. An antagonist, a, a polarity, uh, an yeah. opposite. Yeah. Um, 
And, and so I believe how- that in the same way that, let's okay. say, the ground of being and the ground of death. Okay. Right? For, I mean, okay. to carry Paul's yeah. idea and kind of expound on it. If you have both of these, then they start out on level playing field. Okay. And what they start out with is that God manipulates ground of death. Okay. God yeah. already shows power and control, authority over ground of death. But ground of death still has its sting. Sure. And so, like, for well, that me... Was, but see, God made it sting. This is the other problem with the problem of evil, is God then says, hey, that whole ground of death thing, you're going to suffer in it. Because you ate the fruit, bruh. Now you're going to have pain. Now you're going to have suffering. Now you're going to have death. Now you're going to have weeping and da- gnashing of teeth. And God intentionally, purposefully, punitively imposes suffering upon the thing that he says is the crown jewel of his creation. So he, therefore, is the author of suffering. Because I hear your answer that like maybe there's this pre-existing source of evil. But now, sorry, I might have jumped to the next episode. Well, we, I mean, you have not. But, I mean, you kind of have, but... Uh, it's not that far, and I have more to say about Sorry, go this ahead. Uh, being of darkness, or what did I call it? Being of being ground, of, ground gr- of the, being, and ground of death. Ground of being and ground of death. Yeah, um, coined it. Yeah. So you're making an argument to the tree. God put the tree there, told him to don't eat of it. You know that that whole thing. Yeah. Um, do you tell your children not to do things? Yes. Why? For their safety. And, and, and for educational purposes, to learn, to grow, to mature. And do they do those things? Sometimes. And do you think that your children endure suffering at your expense when they do some of those things? At my expense. Like I allow them to suffer? Is that what you mean? Allow them to suffer. Some might say cause them to suffer with okay. consequences, with punishments, with right. groundings, with taking away privileges. So, yes. I, Do you have a swear jar? No. <laughs> they don't. Your kids don't swear. No. <laughs> My kids are younger no. than yours, no. and they swear. Oh, well, wow. Hmm. Let's not talk about parenting styles. Um, <laughs> so what, what, what are you getting at here, Cullen? What I'm getting at is it's not far-fetched to say that sometimes suffering just happens. Okay. Do you... Now, now let me ask you some questions, Mr. Prosecutor. Whatever you want to ask. Do you... um, When... Do you think there are degrees? Do you think there are measurements? Do you think there are degrees of suffering? Oh, certainly. So... Lamentations would tell you that. Okay. Um, so you as a father, um, when one of your children disobeys you and you know, it's time for a punitive response, you have a choice Mm -hmm. of degree. Mm -hmm. You could say, Hey, Mm -hmm. don't do that. You could say, Hey, now you don't get dessert. You could say, Hey, now you have to stay in your room. You could say, Hey, now I'm going to take you out back and whoop yo butt. You could say, hey, now you're going to suffer for eternity, and I'm actually going to murder you. God did not say that. Yes, he did. He said, hey, now that y'all did that with that tree that I gave you, now you're going to die. No. You, you're going to sweat. The, here's the difference. You, 
Hey, girl. Hey, yo, hey, yo, lady. Hey, yo, lady. Get ready for childbirth. It's about to be wild now. To be fair, uh, it does not say that childbearing was new. It says that childbearing will now be painful. The suffering. He, uh, add, he added a little smattering of oh, suffering and this, death into and it. This is why I link s- s- death and suffering together right. because of this. And I say all of that to say the difference in your argument is that God, pre, previous to them ever taking a step, God yeah. said, don't do that or this is what you will experience. You okay. did not say that. Okay. You did not say that you told your kids, hey, okay. if you hit your brother. I'm going to kill you. And then and then she hits her brother, and then do I kill her? No, I effing God do not. God did not say that they caused that. Remember, ground of death has some power in this. They've got some ground to play, too. God did not say that God caused death. God said, here, I'll find it. The other pre-existent eternal force, the ground of death is the, so now God, the all powerful one is going to let the bad one ground of death have his way with humanity. Genesis 2, 15, the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to till it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, you may freely eat of every tree of the garden. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which you I, shall not eat. Which I put there. And I've decided that you're not allowed to eat of it. I'm making, I'm making all of the rules. I mean, they And are, I have foreknowledge that you're going to violate all of the rules. But well, hey, wait, these are still wait, the rules. Wait, 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 wait. Who said God has foreknowledge? <laughs> okay, yeah, right. You're an open theist. We're going to have a conversation about that on the God side. <laughs> okay, sorry. Don't be bringing your presuppositions in here. That's For impossible. in the day that you eat of it, you will die. Bingo. Did God say, I'm going to kill you? Okay, no, he didn't. God said that, don't do this. Mm-hmm. Me, creator, who did all of this for some reason, brought you to life because I am an existence of being, now of gonna, life. But now I am going to let you die. Okay, nope. all right, so it's passive. It's so, passive. Okay, so he's not powerful then. Uh, have you read this book? So he, what? The first Testament version of this God seems to be extremely powerful to a point that they end up looking like ground of death quite a lot. So then he's not a loving God. Oh, but that's why you get the second Testament because you get the fullness of the story, which is it, oh, what yeah, I would say. Yeah, where he kills his own child. No, where God conquers ground of death by offering a version of themselves. Through the execution of an innocent man. Of themselves. Mm-hmm. How does one conquer an equal? Think about every great narrative you've ever read. Star Wars. The two equals, one ends up prevailing at some point. Well, I've never seen Star Wars. What? Uh, <laughs> Uh, sue me. Uh, what, okay. What is your, what is your like go-to Lord of the Rings? What do you, what do you? Yeah. Sacrifice. Uh, great. I mean, great 
movies always prevail. I mean, they're pretty common in Marvel movies. I'm, my memory is terrible on stuff like this. Yeah, it's also because you don't watch things. It's true. I don't really watch television. But every great story follows one of seven basic plot lines, and and one of those plot lines is always the hero plot line, which this is kind of... Jesus is kind of the hero plot line. Um, and in the hero plot line, there's a sub... There's a subpoint in a lot of great literature, um, which is sacrifice, that you conquer through sacrifice. A great example of this would be um, Frozen, Frozen 1. <laughs> He's like, let me jump to a catalog that I know well. Disney. Disney Children's movies. <laughs> yeah, my daughter's not going to let me not know a Disney princess movie. Let it go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a story of conquering through sacrifice. Yeah, uh, yeah, and I guess there is a suffering in sacrifice that is um, hmm, benevolent, benevolent, redeeming. Um, Adam, if if somebody, if you and Noah were out, and a mugger came up and said, "Give me all your money." Give me your phone. Give me everything. And in order to save Noah, you give it all away. And then the mugger says, okay, one of you is going to die. Dad, you or Noah, which one you pick him? Depends on uh, how bad Noah's going <laughs> <laughs> should have known you'd make some joke like that. Of course you're going to say take me. Yeah, of course. Of course. Definitely, yeah. That's, that's a sacrifice. That's conquering an yeah. evil or yeah. an equal through sacrifice. Be, okay, but yes. And that's the story that you see with God. But the presuppositions there is that in, that is that sacrifice um, that the bat that the that the shooter ha is shooting. <laughs> like that somebody has to die. Somebody has to sacrifice. Like the rules of the game are that somebody has to sacrifice. Somebody wrote Adam, that narrative. What whoa, whoa, whoa. did we somebody call wrote that? that narrative? God wrote that narrative. Unless did God write that narrative okay, or, or did God's adversary that they found yeah, okay, all right, already all right, have that? I mean, we right, did call it yeah. ground of death. Okay, you, Satan's yeah, entire right. existence is about power and suffering I think and this, harm and death. Okay, I, I look, man, if that's your answer, if that, that God hasn't has this other force that he's in. Okay, that yeah, that is the cause and the root and, and, and the problem of evil. And so you would say that the way we... Oh, okay, all right, yeah, yeah. I think that's heresy, though. Oh, it probably is. <laughs> it probably is. It's a good answer to the question. It probably is. But you know what? I've learned about most great theologians. They're all heretic. They're all, it's all They're heretical words. at at least one point in their theology. Because you can't make it all fit together... Bingo. Uh, perfectly. Like, there's no... And this is why we keep having more councils, to narrow the, narrow the thing down. What I base all of this off of, what I base heresy or not off of, is the Nicene Creed. I'm not in violation of the Nicene Creed with any of this. And so I feel okay. And if I'm wrong on some of it, I believe there's probably grace for that. <laughs> Let's hope I'm right. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Pints and Perspectives podcast hosted by Wellhouse Church. Be sure to give us a rating and a review if you enjoyed the episode. It's free and it helps us immensely. Also, 
feel free to check out our other podcasts.